To those listening, welcome, as we explore wonders and mysteries and journey into the realm of unknown. Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Realm of Unknown podcast. Uh, If you are new to listening to this uh, show, it is a podcast talking about all sorts of strange, mysterious, paranormal and bizarre things in the world with a bit of honing focus on the Northeast here in the United States as well as Pennsylvania in specific. And if you have been listening and you've listened to the earlier episode of this week, um, we are doing for the month of May a more of a narrowed in focus on odd creatures and cryptids that call Pennsylvania its home. Now, it's definitely a bit more different than, I guess, the traditional ones that you would kind of think of. Obviously, PA has its Bigfoot sightings out there. It's relatively known for its, like, Thunderbird accounts, as well as um, another very famous one that a big podcast did called The Squant, which I will not be covering. I had plans to, but they they did it, like, the last week of April, as I mentioned, and it very annoyed me. So we are doing four others that are a little more specific to PA, and have their range of variety to them because some of them are interesting, some of them are more folklorish, some of them are more eh, very PA local towny type thing. And that's kind of what we're going to get into with today's episode. Before that, though, I just want to say I am uploading this the same week as the previous episode which was the Alba Witch, which is our kind of personal mini Bigfoot sightings up here in PA. And the next two episodes preceding this one will come out as a weekly release. So moving forwards, it will just be one episode for the week. I'm kind of doing this just to catch up for last week, but I'm also doing it as a kind of testing ground because once I move uh, next month, June, into the new apartment that I have lined up. I'm going to have a bit more freedom to kind of record at a much more relaxed schedule. It's not making any massive promises, but I'm kind of testing the waters to maybe possibly get extra episodes out every now and then, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's the only real update for right now. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Which, if you have already read the title, is all about the Raystown Ray. Now, if you are not from Pennsylvania, you are not from this relative area of the country, you might be a little confused as to where Raystown is and where specifically Raystown Lake is. Both are located here in central PA. I, myself, for reference, am located in Philly, which is pretty much the bottom right-hand corner of PA. It borders Jersey. It's very close to Delaware. But Raystown is pretty smack dab in the center of the state. Definitely like a little lower south, but it's pretty much like almost dead center between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Uh, So if you need any reference for that, 
that's relatively where it is. It's actually it's 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 a little closer to Harrisburg than either of the two. Uh, but again, it's one of those like smallish type towns here in PA. We have a lot of them, uh, as I'm sure most states actually do. Once you get away from the cities, it's pretty much just smallish towns, quote unquote small cities, and like woods. That's pretty much PA. And for today, uh, we're going to be talking about the Raystown area, which is again in central PA. So central PA is very excited about this creature because, again, it is a local thing. It is a sort of local mystery. And not only are there testimonies being recorded by eyewitnesses, some of these witnesses have actually caught this strange creature on photograph uh, and tape. So the first known photograph of the Raystown Ray was captured in 2006 by a local fisherman looking over the lake from the Huntington Company and estimates that the creature's size is anywhere from 50 to 60 feet in length, which is massive, uh, and that is ultimately the generally agreed-upon length for this creature. So, according to the Huntington County Visitors Bureau, whose biggest tourist attraction, keep in mind, is the lake, uh, the Raystown Ray was first reported back in 1962. This was, however, when the old Raystown Dam was on the premises. Or I, or I should say, this is afterwards, or we'll talk about the history. It's, it's very weird. Uh, the dam was built in 1905, so about 60 years prior. And about 10 years after the first alleged sighting is when the dam was ultimately destroyed in 1971. This was to make way for what it was ultimately the Raystown Lake which is a 8,300-square-mile man-made lake, which was constructed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, now, for some perspective, the lake can reach depths of 185 feet in some locations, but again, keep in mind, this is a man-made lake. Subsequent sightings of the Raystown Ray have been relatively sparse. The website of uh, the Raystown Ray where visitors can buy patches and t-shirts and all sorts of memorabilia, can also leave reports of their sightings. And there have been a few that have been collected around like 2008 onwards, once the website was up and running. So the shared description seems to be of a large serpent-like creature that is you know, even larger than commonly known creatures in that area. Again, it is relatively agreed upon that the range of this particular creature is anywhere from 50 to 60 feet in length, and it has the body that remains submerged in pretty much all sightings with a large serpent-like neck that is topped with a relatively reptilian head. So honestly, think Loch Ness Monster. It's very close to that. It's very close to other creature sightings around uh, the United States as well that are similar to the Loch Ness Monster, like Bessie or Tessie or <laughs> all the other Essies that we kind of steal from. So, uh, local coverage. I want to talk about, I split coverage of this creature into two categories, uh, one being local and then one being everyone else. Uh, and you'll see why. 
because we have two people that uh, have quotes discussing the creature itself as long along with the reports and just general sightings of it. The very first person we have is Dwight Beale, who just so happens to be the managing director at Raystown Lake. I do not know if he is still, but at the time of getting this quote, he was. So keep that in mind. When he was asked about the discovery of the Raystown Ray, he is quoted as saying the following. We've known it's been in the lake for a long while. It's a private creature. When it comes out, it comes out about this time of year, which was April. Call it Raystown's own Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> so I think he's a little biased, but you know, you know, we'll 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 hear the, the, what other people have to say. Uh, like Jeff Kreese, he is also another local expert. In 2006, he was asked his professional opinion, and for perspective, he is the wildlife biologist at the Raystown Lake. So he submits the following quote in writing. I believe it must be a vegetarian. We have not seen any evidence of an animal taking fish, geese, otters, or ducks. So I would suggest that our swimmers and boaters are very safe. It appears that this creature's habits are similar to that of manatees, which is a completely herbivorous and gentle creature. The increase in weed beds around the lake is probably providing more food in the shallows, for herbivores, and that would increase sightings of the creature. So, let's get into other accounts and sightings from other people, other coverage of this, I should say. So, uh, first off, another quickie, it's kind of an in-between of a local and then the other people. Uh, organizers of the annual Raystown Ski Club Water Show almost canceled a show once when the creature had been seen lurking near the jump ramps, which would have been used for the skiers. However, by the time the showtime would have begun, it seems as though it moved somewhere else within the lake. Every now and then, there is also some more national coverage with uh, various outlets when it comes to interest in the creature and the lake itself. Uh, in fact, the Factor Faked Paranormal Files crew uh, in 2010, which was a show on the Sci-Fi Channel, we've talked about them a few times with like the uh, Fresno Nightcrawler. We're going to talk about them a little bit more later on, but they came by and did their own investigation. And in 2006, after the first photograph sort of spurred up, a tabloid by a reporter and photographer from The Sun was also released of the story. However, again, that photograph from 2007 that we just talked about in the very beginning does sort of remain as the most quote-unquote legitimate evidence of the Ray's existence. So let's talk about some of the national quote-unquote experts of the paranormal that talk about this alleged creature. Uh, first off, we have Eric Atman, who is the host of the Beyond the Edge Paranormal Podcast and radio program and is also a field investigator. He does not accept the idea that a massive serpent or dinosaur, which some people believe, actually lives in, again, a man-made lake. Perhaps people have spotted something of a more unusually large fish or eel. That's what he kind of speculates, and honestly, I would agree. Lauren Coleman, which we've talked about a few times, particularly with the uh, Bennington Triangle uh, episode, which I think is like 
I don't know, it's like 14 or something. He is a longtime cryptozoological, ugh, cryptozoological researcher and founder of the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. He too agrees with this conclusion and states the following that any sightings reported from a man-made lake tend to be folklore. He, on the other hand, believes that you know, sightings from a much more natural location tend to be a bit more credible or plausible, I should say. Uh, for instance, he brings up uh, the idea of Bessie, which I talked about, I mentioned earlier, uh, which comes from the South Bay region of Ohio's side of Lake Erie, which is much more of a natural occurring lake and far bigger than uh, what the Raystown Lake actually is. Uh, again, in 2010, as we mentioned earlier, the Sci-Fi Channel's Factor Faked Paranormal Files, which is a fairly decent show. It's nothing to, you know, write home about, but I kind of like the initial structure that they have because they always pitch ideas to the rest of the team. Like, they all gather together and then they choose which creature they want to, or like what video they want to look into, um... And there's like six of them all the time. So you get to see six things, but ultimately they choose two of them and then split each other into teams based off of who might have experience with it. Uh, they sent a team out to investigate and the investigation uh, included a night dive to in order to search the lake. They used sonar readings. They took photo recreations using a floating log. Uh, this is to recreate the 2007 foot, uh, photograph taken by the fisherman. And this was to help determine the legitimacy of that photo. And furthermore, they used a large dead carp as bait. Um, although, again, the raised diet is believed to be primarily aquatic plants, but we don't know. Uh, their conclusion was that these sightings reported by witnesses are generally credible based off of their interviews. However, it's possible that the creature living in the Raystown Lake is nothing more than just like a large fish or another large creature that happens to be there because they, they could not find any definitive evidence that, you know, a massive, massive you know, plesiosaur-type monster was living in the lake, which kind of leads us into some of the explanations as to what's going on. So, like many lake monsters, uh, the ray is often claimed to be a large, humped body with a, you know, long neck that emerges from the water. Again, think like a surviving plesiosaur of some type. Uh, however, the popular uh, depiction of a plesiosaur neck arcs out of the water, at a, you know, S-type curve, and it's kind of been debunked by modern research as being, you know, possi impossible at all because they, they physically could not lift their heads in that way out of the water. They, like, they just aren't structured in that way. And uh, the most likely explanation as to the settings in this particular case is more than likely a large carp, which can grow relatively large, which in you know they are known to inhabit the lake so we already marked that off there are carp in the lake and they can grow again frequently large um they can grow up to like 25 pounds several feet in length so it could easily be misidentified as again most of the sightings are of it underwater or submerged in some way 
Uh, the raised town lake um, even sells food pellets for visitors in order to hand feed a lot of massive carp that come up to the docks. And, you know, the carp was, you know, an invasive species. It's probably not the best. They are omnivorous, so they eat a variety of things, including plant life. And some of them can, like, honestly, they can reach, like, incredibly massive sizes. There are reports of them getting closer to, like, 100 pounds. So it is entirely possible that a carp could be the culprit as to what people are seeing. And again, who knows? I think it's more so chalked up to just be a more or less local story, local legend. And unfortunately, I would put it under the category of even more so leaning into just like a tourist trap. As much as like last week or the earlier episode of this week, the Alba Witch is very much like intertwined with a bunch of like local stories and urban legends that just became a like local thing that they kind of you know somewhat profit off of this place it's much more modern times again the earliest alleged sighting is 1960 the lake itself did not even exist until the 1970s um and apparently it's always been around or whatever it's 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 questionable and it's really not that big of a lake so I'm going to chalk this up to being a tourist trap uh, creature rather than anything to do with a cryptid. But who knows? Maybe I'm going to get proved wrong one day. Maybe they're going to find the very first dinosaur that has survived here in Pennsylvania, of all places, in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's literally the middle of nowhere. It's like 300 miles away. It's, it's insanely out of nowhere. So who knows? Honestly, I, I don't know. But that is it for the Raystown Rake. Uh, Ray, God, the Rake. If it was the Rake, that'd be a little more scarier. Um, the Raystown Ray here in Raystown, Pennsylvania. I hope you guys did enjoy. It's a bit of a shorter one compared to the others, but it's one of the few like unique-ish type things that spurred up. And I did want to throw one in there that is a bit more just like completely probably fabricated um, that has just kind of been spurred on by local sightings and local stories that over the time have just led to what it is today. Uh, the other two that I'm going to be talking about in the following weeks are a bit more interesting, I think, at least. I'm saving them towards the end, and I hope you guys are able to tune in and enjoy, um, and I hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode as well. If you have any local stories of your own, definitely feel free to send it to me via social media or uh, the email address with realm of unknown at gmail.com. And if you guys did enjoy listening and you wish to support the podcast in some way, you could check out the Patreon for some extra bonus goodies as well. That's patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. We have a one, three and $5 tier lists that get you behind the scenes, goodies, extra bonus episodes, weekly bonus episodes which get released after every normal episode upload as well as some polls and sort of sneak peeks to projects soon to come if you can't support financially though i totally get it leaving a five-star review would totally mean the world to me uh, especially over on spotify because we got a little bit doxxed by some butthurt people on youtube and i 
guarantee I know who they are. <laughs> um, but Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, it would totally mean a lot. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. This is all we have for this week. And until next time, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and remember to stay spooky. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, 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 oh,